0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 on Vision Well, it's my privilege to welcome on to 2020 today Greg Bondar, State Family Director of Family Voice Australia for New South Wales and ACT How are you, Greg? Good morning, Matt. Really well, thank you Mate, uh, there's a bit of a story uh, you want to cover today About a Brisbane mum, Katrina Tate, mother of four She's had a bit of a win. Tell us what's happened
1: Yeah, look, Matt, it's very interesting. Uh, We've been following uh, the progress of this because it comes down to the real matter of freedom of speech and also uh, the fact that uh, Christians are really under attack. Katrina Tate uh, actually lives in Brisbane uh, with her husband and four children. And earlier this year in January, she actually made a a post on her... She had a petition on her Facebook Matt, in January, and uh, really it was uh, supporting a petition against Brisbane City Council for their promotion of a drag queen story time. So she made the post and uh, asked Brisbane City Council Council to cancel their drag queen story hour, uh, and she posted the, the, the little phrase, what happened to protecting children's innocence and letting them just be kids? Well, Oh, and behold, what happens? Next minute, she's, she's been hit with a, uh, a complaint uh, that she's um, uh, vilifying the LGBTIQA plus community. And uh, before you know it, she's you know, facing a fairly serious legal matter. The issue with the story, Matt, is that the vilification complaint came from somebody in New South Wales And she's a Brisbane mum. So we've got a real issue here of why does somebody in New South Wales uh, feel that they can um, take legal action uh, at the Anti-Discrimination Board in New South Wales with a Brisbane mum. So it's causing a lot of concerns, Matt, and I think we need to address the details behind this because um, very quickly, as you know, Mark Latham is putting up a bill here in New South Wales to put an end to allowing people in New South Wales, this is the... LGBTIQA activists to take anti-discrimination action against somebody in a different state. So that's a really good move by by Mark Latham at the moment.
0: Well, I do remember hearing a bit about this story on 2020 a while back and thinking, I'm going to sign that petition. So I I did jump online and sign the petition. Uh, Do you you know if uh, there's been success? Like, uh, has the Brisbane City Council responded?
1: Well, look. That's an interesting question. We're, I'm just trying to find it out myself to see what the situation is. All we know is that uh, that, that the petition has gone there. Um, the the uh, the fact that uh, the drag queen, as they call themselves, um, uh, is is one called. Um, um, uh, well, sorry, there are a number of drag queens, one in Mel- Melbourne that, that had a uh, a situation in a Melbourne uh, library last year. Um, he or she called herself Annie Depressant, which is an interesting name. Mm. The Sydney drag queen calls him or herself Hannah Conda. And interestingly, she says, or he says, and this is the confusion I'm finding, is part of my job with drag queen story time is to ed- educate kids. That's part of her job, she said. I'm often asked, by the kids if I'm a girl or a boy I simply tell them sometimes I'm a boy and sometimes I'm a girl but I'm always a princess well is it any wonder Matt that kids are being confused uh they're they're struggling with their own identity and and one of the questions I put to people out there is just imagine Matt if we had um a Bible-reading session in the public libraries. Imagine the fake media outrage that would come if we tried to implement something like that. So it is of concern the LBGTIQA community is teaching children, including preschoolers, that they can be any gender that they want. We really need to address this and start to take some sort of uh, uh, united action to make sure that our children are protected and that... uh, and, and it, indeed, they, they can, uh, you know, make up their own mind, not be influenced by other sectors of the community.
0: <clears throat> well, I so much appreciate uh, Family Voice Australia and what you guys do, uh, standing up uh, for uh, family values, uh, particularly on, on this topic. Uh, what can we do? Is there? Do you guys have a petition we can sign if we want to put our name to, to this uh, this cause? Yeah, look,
1: we're actually working on a gender dysphoria issue. I'm not sure if you name it, but the, the, the Queensland government instituted an act, I think it was earlier this year or maybe late last year, where any child that wants to transition, um, what, what the new act says is that if a parent or a doctor tries to change that children's mind about transitioning, they could be jailed for up to 18 months, I believe. Mm. I'll I'll, I'll double-check that. So there's an act in there in Queensland right at the moment. So even parents can't tell their children, no, don't transition, you know, because um, we could be in trouble. So it's a real issue. What you need to be also aware of is that the same cross-border complaint issue, you might remember a chap called Bernard Gaynor. Uh, He's a former Army Major. Uh, He was also... uh, Uh, the subject of a complaint by the same person that took out the complaint against um, uh, Katrina Tate. And, And Bernard Gaynor has been hit with over 40 complaints, a lot of them dismissed, but it got to the stage where he even had to sell his home to pay for legal expenses. And it just goes to show you, Matt, what type of attack we as Christians are under because we are voicing our faith and we've got to make sure that we can overcome this. So in answer to your question, we are working on a petition. We are working on... uh, We've written to every parliamentarian as well, and uh, we're contacting state and federal politicians to ensure that we can balance the books, so to speak.
0: Mm. You know, I was driving home from church last night, and I listened to a sermon from Chuck Missler on Vision Radio. right, And it was obviously recorded a number of years ago. uh, But he made the comment that the tide is turning against Christianity in the West. He said, for 2,000 years, uh, Christians have been persecuted in many nations of the world, uh, yet in the West, we have it relatively good. We we don't get persecuted that much right now. He said, but I guarantee it's going to get worse. He said, in these last days, you watch, the tide will turn and we will get more persecution uh, in our schools, uh, in our churches. He said, our freedoms will be taken away and we need to speak up for what God has called us to do before they are taken away.
1: Um, Absolutely, Matt. And, I, and, 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 and it's important that we as Christians, we do it in a loving way, but we've got to do it in an affirmative way as well. We have to let the economy, the society, know that we are people of faith and vilification claims must not be used to silence our opinions. Uh, discrimination laws should not be used to silence free speech. And uh, in this regard, you know, we held a webinar a couple of weeks ago. We had the Honourable Mark Latham uh, in the Upper House in New South Wales. And in that webinar, he made the point clearly that Christians should not be silenced for their faith.
0: Mm. It's so good to have someone like Mark Latham speaking up. And I I heard that uh, Neil interviewed uh, you about him a couple of weeks ago and asked the question is, Mark Latham, the new Fred Nile. <laughs> what, what, what was your answer to that, Greg?
1: Well, I said, look, there, it, it, <laughs> there, there'll, be no, there'll never be another Fred Nile. <laughs> Fred's a loving, godly man, and um, he certainly is um, uh, out there doing the Great Commission. Um, I don't think from a, from a religious point of view that Mark will ever be that, but a, again, God works in mysterious ways. and mm. uh, uh, That said, I think Mark has done a complete 180 degree turn he was as you know a member of the labor party he was very anti this and anti that and he's now become a conservative uh whilst he admits he's not a christian he's become very very supportive and protective of the of, of the christian person to have their say in the public arena so look i think he'll fill the void uh if the christian democratic democratic party ever ever closes or folds or whatever he, he'll certainly fill that void, but at the moment, I don't think anyone will be a Fred Nile, and I uh, and I take my hat off to Fred because I will be meeting up with Fred very shortly to discuss how his work in Parliament is
0: going. Well, tell him I said good day. I remember uh, catching up with Fred at Parliament House in Canberra for the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, mm. and uh, he was there, and he got on his knees and he prayed a prayer of uh, confessing sins and repentance and he humbled himself before the lord and said lord we need you we need you in this nation yeah. and i thought what a great statesman what a what a great uh, role model uh, for for other pastors and and politicians in our nation as well a uh, great man of god so yeah give him give him my regards now mate uh, on another topic yeah uh, a new study has asked how long should pastors preach i'm not sure if i want to hear uh, your <laughs> answer to this but <laughs> being a pastor myself but what's what's your what's what's the research show brother
1: well, this is interesting because, you know, at, at Family Voice, uh, each of their state directors, we often get invited to talk at churches, uh, deliver sermons, and um, that being the case, you know, um, I have to tell you very quickly that uh, at Fred Nile, again, I remember when I was asked to do a sermon many years ago, so I, 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 I was working for Fred at the time, and I said, Fred, can you give me some advice on on how to really pitch a good sermon? And he said... Young Greg, he called me. He said, look, what you need is a great opening to your sermon and you need a great ending to your sermon and make the time in between as short as possible. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty good advice. But look, the the reason I I came across this research, because as I said, we all go out and do sermons and and we're very active in the the, uh, church field. One of the things that came up was given COVID-19, Matt, a lot of churches are now streaming their sermons online, as you'd be well aware. So, what's happening was, and I spoke to um, you about this some time ago. But this research now tells you that the average Catholic church's sermons go for roughly now. You're ready, fourteen minutes. Well, the Pro- the Protestant churches, the average is twenty five minutes, and of course, the evangelical churches, the average is thirty nine minutes, which comes out at the medium length. Analyzed for over fifty thousand sermons was thirty-seven minutes. So that's an interesting um, uh, uh, figure because, as you know, and, and I learned this from my corporate days, that the attention span of the average adult is about twelve to fifteen minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, wow.
1: Yeah, At, uh, but but the, even Tim Keller, as you know, the New York uh, the New York uh, uh, preacher over there, pastor. And by the way, Tim's got Tim's. Uh, I think suffering from some uh, serious illness at the moment, so please pray for Tim. But uh, the New York-based author Tim Keller says that 39 minutes is way too long for anybody to be sitting through um, a sermon. So that's an interesting feedback. But even more interesting, Matt, is when they did the survey of these uh, uh, of the sermons, the most common used words in sermons were: here we go, say, come people, know, life, and God. But Jesus only ranked 20th on the list of most common used words. So it's interesting what uh, pastors are doing, but uh, Jesus doesn't rate as number one. He rates as number 10 in terms of the number of times um, his name is used in the sermon. So that was also interesting because it gives me uh, some guidance as well when I go to, 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 to deliver a sermon that's really about our Lord Jesus that we need to be talking about.
0: Absolutely, and you know, talking about Tim Keller, I did read his book on preaching a few years ago. Brilliant right. book, and uh, one of the best takeaways from that uh, that he shared was: no matter what passage in the scriptures you're using, old or New Testament, you should always point to Jesus. Yeah, and I I love that. You know, you know, you look at so many of the Old Testament stories; they're all like a foreshadow of the Savior, the Messiah to come. You know, mm. and um, so he yeah he, he explained how to do that in that book. So I'd, I'd highly recommend that book from Tim Keller. And um, I've got a confession to make, uh, uh, Greg. So, yep. you know, when COVID hit and all our churches had to go online. <laughs> so we scrambled to, you know, film a church service from home and it was all, you know, last minute and it was all, you know, under a lot of pressure. And my first sermon that I preached on our Facebook live, you're not going to believe it, Greg. It went for fif- it went for uh, 69 minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, Matt, what are you doing? Your people probably went out for coffee during the sermon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was also I did a lot of yeah. announcements, and I, yeah. Yeah. you know, said, "Oh, this person's watching." On you know, there was a lot of you know fill in there as well as just. Went, and then I finally yeah. got to the sermon, and um, and I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, that was way too long." So, uh, but we got. I mean, we still yeah. had like 3,000 views or something. It was amazing. But the next week, I cut it down under an hour. Yeah. Next week was about 50 minutes. And then the last few weeks that we were doing it, I got it to 30 minutes, which was a miracle for me, if anybody knows me. <laughs> um, and uh, But, you know, I, I do think it's good to have this research. Yeah. But ultimately, when you preach, it's really... Uh, you, you've got to be honoring God when you preach. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit... Uh, I preach a bit longer than most other preachers. Yeah, but yeah. it's because I I feel like I, I, I haven't said what I've really wanted to say yet. I'm going to keep pushing on until I get the message across. Um, and, and I want to make sure I honor God with what he's given me to share. Mm. Um, and I don't mind if people whinge that I go a bit too long because I'd much rather please God than people. So that's my yeah. say on that, Greg.
1: Absolutely <laughs> right. Look, I know in my own sermons... Matter you know, I range between thirty minutes to forty minutes. But as you rightly say, it's it's God's word that is important, and yep. uh, you can't put a limit on that. I think.
0: Yep. There you go, Greg. Well, there you go. I, I hopefully just relieved a few pastors out there that were stressing <laughs> out now, thinking, "Oh, I've got to keep it to under thirty nine minutes." Anyway, but um, the, the reality is, uh, it's a it's a different world right now too, because like yeah. our, our next topic that we're tackling today, Greg, uh, on yep. twenty twenty is should churches just um, have face-to-face services when we can meet, or should we also be online at the same time? Um, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on that, Greg? Do you think well, that's all...
1: interesting. Yeah, Our church went back about three weeks ago. Yep. Uh, it's quite a la- large church in, in comparison to a suburban, you know, but it, it's quite large in a sense, you know, a couple of hundred uh, people on a Sunday. Lately, we've been averaging about 25 to 30 on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Yep. But the service is live-streamed so that people don't have to come. Mm -hmm. We make sure the temperature's taken. We clean our pews with uh, uh, disinfectant cloth. Um, We don't have communal singing for for various reasons. Um, So, look, it is live-streamed, and I have to give you a prediction. I think, Matt, live-streaming is here to stay, whether we go back full-time or not.
0: Yep. And. And, and I, I heard uh, Wayne Alcorn from the ACC Churches, uh, the national president uh, on 2020 a while back. He said, and even if it's not very good quality, still just do it. Um, <laughs> even if it's just someone's phone sitting on a table uh, broadcasting, you know, uh, you, you can improve it as you go ahead, but still just offer it. Because there are some people that literally won't want to come in and they just will want will want to watch it online. Um yeah. I'm encouraging people. Please come to the building if you are able to, because it's much better face to face. But if you can't, watch it online, and and it's up to us churches to be creative and innovative and try and provide that. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think I think churches are becoming more creative. They're coming, becoming far more innovative, and I think that uh, the streaming of church services will be an ongoing thing after COVID nineteen.
0: Well, Greg, it's been great to finally meet you on the phone today. I've heard you with uh, Neil a number of times, and uh, I love Family Voice, what you guys do, and uh, you guys are standing up for righteousness in this nation. So if people want to find out more and uh, maybe sign a petition, get involved, make a donation, whatever, what's what's the website? Yep,
1: it's... Family Voice, or one word, familyvoice.org.au. We've got a couple of petitions going at the moment, especially on gambling, so I'd love for your listeners to make themselves available and have a look at the work we're doing nationally for our Lord Jesus
0: Christ. Good on you, Greg. Thanks for your time. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
0: To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.